Hello and welcome to the unofficial Clutch Podcast. I am your host, Matt, manager of the San Diego Armada. And it is, I guess, the first time we're doing this on the podcast. But uh, if you're a Clutch fan, this will be the third time we have a start of the year, state of the union, uh, I guess you could call it, with 2019 set peeking out over the horizon you can just see the top little corner of the card peeking out over the ocean and with me we have james manager of the arizona shade and the clutch community director welcome thanks for having me in a much more official sense this time (laughs) all right so this is this is everybody's favorite time of the year we have free agents finally signing on professional baseball teams. My Padres just signed the best free agent on the market. Bryce and, Harper? Yeah. Well, you never know. Uh, oh, you mean the second best free yeah, agent? Yeah, yeah, Well, you know, I mean. Huh. And so the uh, blog is live. It is the uh, Welcome to 2019 blog. Uh, you can check it out over on the Clutch website. And uh, we're going to kind of go through it. Um talk about a few things, expand on a few things, and drop in some podcast exclusives for those loyal listeners that come and check in with the podcast every episode. So uh, let's get started. The biggest, well, outside of the new design, which I'm pretty sure everybody's seen at this point, the biggest change is to the gameplay. And we have a new pitcher icon, which is the K icon. And we have the new batter icon, which is the runs icon. Talk to us a little about those. Well, the K icon is going to go to the top three leaders and strikeouts from each league for relievers. Uh, Traditionally, it's been just starting pitchers, but adding six more of those icons at least in it can always be more if somebody ties, but adding at least six more of those icons to the game is going to make strategy cards that utilize that strikeout icon way more powerful. And some of those are some of the most powerful ones already. So I'm really excited to see how they get used towards the end of the game rather than just in the beginning. And the runs icon is going to be really fun because the guys who are getting that many runs to be in the top three of their league are really good players. You know, you're talking Francisco Lindor, Mookie Betts, Christian Yelich, all sorts of heavy hitters already are getting an offensive boost. And most of them already have a lot of icons, so they're not paying as much to get that run icon added because of the way that the salary breaks down grouped icons. So if you have a lot of offensive icons, there's kind of a diminishing returns built into the salary, so you're not paying full price for each one of them since a lot of them overlap. But we've seen one stadium so far that takes advantage of the runs icon in Brooklyn Field in the Black History Month limited edition set on sale now. There will definitely be more strategy cards in 2019 and a lot more things going forward that utilize that icon too. So more icons means more strategy cards, which is really what the game's about because it's not just who can roll the higher die number. It's... uh, what can you do in the game with those strategy cards in those stadiums to really make it your team and really control the flow of the game? Yeah, and both icons, I think, are going to bring a whole new dimension to team building and strategy deck building. Uh, the run icon is cool, even without 
knowing all of this new strategy cards. I mean, Brooklyn Field, you uh, you just mentioned the main effect. Uh, your strategy deck can contain 42 cards, so we get two more strategy cards than normal. And uh, run players with the runs icon, you can draw one card after scoring a run. So it feels like a shift this year into being able to utilize more of your strategy jack. The biggest positional change, and I'm trying to think, I don't feel, I don't feel like it was too controversial. I was against it at first, but I don't really care as much. I, I think it'll make things more interesting. But it is that the, clo the closing pitcher position is no longer. So there will only be relief pitchers and starting pitchers. And all cards that had the closer uh, designation on them will now become a relief pitcher. Walk us through why that decision was made. Well, the goal of the game ultimately is to give as much power to managers as we can. The majors give you that sort of flexibility in that being a closer is a role. It's not really a position. You don't just get one closer on your team. You can ride the hot hand. You can pick and choose. You can have a few lights out relievers on your team and kind of cycle through them. And we wanted the game to reflect that too, because there are a lot of managers who found themselves in situations where they didn't want to use a traditional closer in a closer role, but they had a reliever that they really wanted to use in that closer role. And a lot of the strategy cards and icons didn't really align with those printed positions. So combining them all and allowing the managers to choose who their closer is out of a giant pool of relievers should bring more flexibility to the game and it should help empower the managers to do creative things like, you know, stack a lot of good relievers that would normally be limited to one or um, take advantage of some of the new bullpen oriented strategy cards to uh, really have a bigger impact on the game. The other big adjustment, I guess not really big, it's adjustment, but it's the, when it comes to salary, there was some salary changes you guys made this year, and they're all kind of self-explanatory if you read the blog, but uh, I think the coolest thing that relates to this the salary adjustment is that from 2017 cards to 2018 cards, there is a, a pretty big change in how the cards were uh, formulated. And so using them together uh, is a little weird, I guess you could say. But it seems like going from 2018 cards to 2019 cards, that that won't be as big of a difference and that they'll mesh better together. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I just as much as you and just as much as all of the managers who played the game felt that difference and felt what it was like to have an entire set almost be nullified by the fact that the next set was so much more balanced and so much more in tune with itself. We ultimately want the game to live on as long as we can, and we want everything that players have to maintain value for as long as we can. So creating a set that matches the previous year's set way more closely than 2018 did to 2017 should help give that longevity to the cards that you're that you're buying that you're collecting you're trading for the 2017 to 2018 shift was definitely drastic the adjustments this year are way less drastic 
there's some slight adjustments to battery defense and the cost of speed in order to help um, stolen bases and some base running reflect, you know, its real life counterpart. But beyond that, I think the only real change was um, a little bit of a balance shift to the way that those grouped icons are calculated. And really the goal being, we want these to be able to be mixed with the previous year for casual players to just throw it all together and, and make a cool team. Uh, with that being the goal, I think that it succeeded very well in a lot of play testing. There are fun combinations between the two. And I think managers are going to have a, a really fun time seeking those out and building interesting teams and concepts around not only previous stadiums, but some of the new stadiums and in combination with a lot of new and old cards. One of the other cool things about the 2019 set is there's a much wider variety of players available at different costs and different positions, lots more multi-position eligibility, lots more affordable players for the bottom of the bullpen and the bench that should keep the game fresh. And in prior years, we've had, you know, sort cheapest to most expensive, give me the three cheapest guys, throw them on the bench, uh, give me the two cheapest relievers, and then we'll start building the team. And we want there to be enough options this year that you don't have to do that. You get to pick and choose who you want on that bench and who you want at the bottom of the bullpen. Top to bottom, you get to make the team your own, and we want every team to be different. Yeah, going off that idea, I mean, obviously we're going to have all the big main players with your Mike Trout, your Max Scherzers of the world. They're obviously going to carry over into this into this new set. But what are we looking at in terms of percentage of new players from compared to last year? Like, are there uh, a good majority of the set new guys that we didn't see last year? Or what are we looking at in that with in, that, in terms of that type of variability? Absolutely. One of the cool things about drawing from a player pool in order to build a set that has those more affordable players is you get some of those names who aren't really popping up as often in casual conversation. There are players who you may not have heard of unless you like that team. There are players you may not have heard of if you don't play some 20 man uh, fantasy baseball uh, setup where you have to know every single player on every single team. Um, there are lots of players with names you've never heard, so they become very, very hard to pronounce when it comes time to make videos about them. <laughs> some of those some of those backup players and some of those utility players become really valuable in the game of clutch baseball. And one of my favorite things about it then is a really valuable player in clutch baseball can make you like somebody in the majors. Uh, I remember when Brad Boxberger came to Arizona, I was really, really excited because I loved him in 2017. So hopefully it exposes clutch managers to a lot more talent in the majors and um, really brings it all together. So when it comes to the new series that's coming out, uh, there are going to be 400 new player cards, 70 new strategy cards, and 30 new stadiums. And that pre-order start at March 1st. Tell me about these new uh, limited edition variant cards and how that's different from previous years. Well, we've experimented before with variant cards in limited edition sets. And then in 
2018, we introduced variants to the generation set. We had those really good looking 125 and the, the 101 nickname variants for all of the rares in the generation set. And those were really, really well received. So those have actually been introduced into the base set for 2019 series one and likely series two and series three. But those cards will be available exclusively in booster packs, just like it was for generations. So the option to buy the complete set is still there. They are cosmetic changes only. They don't change what's actually on the card. So it's still a living card game, but a lot of players really like that collectability and tradability aspect. So it gives them something to hunt for and to brag about. And that's really exciting. So this year, all 50 of the rares in the series one set are going to have two sorts of variants. There's going to be a shadow variant, which is sort of a, a blackout color scheme. And those are going to be, I believe, nine copies per player for a total of, I don't know, 450, I think. And those are going to be approximately one in every six packs. So if you get a booster box, you should get at least one, maybe maybe a couple of those. And then the other variant is going to be what we're calling a spectrum variant. And those are the one of one variants for the base set. And there are nine color schemes. They're all really, really cool. Each player is assigned to one of those nine unique color schemes. They cover a spectrum of color, hence the <laughs> ah, name. I see what you did there. If you see them all together, it makes a really cool like rainbow effect. And uh, then there's uh, like an extra special like silver firework looking uh, color scheme for a couple of the. I think there's one MVP and one Cy Young. And then the plan is actually to have some of the pre-order bonuses have variants as well. So when you get your pack of pre-order bonuses for getting the complete set, you may actually get some variants in there too. So. We're still playing around with the uh, the exact specifics of that, but um, these like shadow and spectrum variants like turned out really really cool, and we're excited for people to like pull them and, and brag about them and, and post about them online because they're they're really cool. The fact that they're just they're cosmetic changes that are completely optional to chase down is something I love because I love being able to just have it all and be done and have my entire card base ready to go. But then I want to keep going back and buying more and trying to hunt down some of those rare cards. So it's really exciting to see players get those. I think we had two of the one of one variants from the Black History Month limited edition set show up just this week. Uh, so it's cool that they, they kind of trickle out like that and, um, and, and pop up from time to time. It's always exciting to see where they end up. So Series 1 will generally be very similar to... Um, kind of the first release of previous years where it gets really different is when we get to series two and series three and uh, this last year for series two was basically the all-star game set and series three was the generation set that's changing this year so run us through those changes well for the last two years the mid-season set has been the all-star game set and it seems like every year half of it is really really exciting you got local legends for whichever team is hosting the all-star game. You've got some new players that are getting added to the game because they had a breakout season or they got, you voted into the all-star game and they didn't already have a card. 
But then a lot of those cards were like, okay, here's Mike Trout, but his defense is one point lower, so he's 20 points difference. But it's yellow, so you're going to love it. And that's really cool if you don't already have Mike Trout or if you really like Mike Trout or if you're building a team that needs that Mike Trout. But those are card spots that can be given to lots of different players that improve the game in a number of ways. And they may not have the the flashy name, but they are able to give more to the game of clutch baseball overall just out of their versatility. So not only clearing out some of those designated all-star game spots for new players or um, players that are having some crazy breakout season, not only does that clear out spots for them, but it also allows us to make cards for some of those late free agent signings or some of those players that get traded. So for example, Manny Machado to the Padres is, you know, obviously something that happened very, very close to the regular season, but rather than wait until the 2020 base set to get one, you know, this gives us the flexibility to insert it into the mid season set. And that's something that didn't really exist in the past. I think it was Jake Arietta didn't get a Phillies card in 2018 because he didn't sign in time for the base set, wasn't good enough for the all-star set, and he didn't play in the 90s, so he didn't make it to the generation set. So this should help solve that problem. There's also the possibility of expanding those uh, those Series 2 and Series 3 sets to be a little bit bigger than they have been in the past. Um, that's something we're definitely exploring. And Series 3 traditionally being the generation set. I say traditionally, it's only been once, but it was very well received. But at the same time, limiting some of those powerful generational players to one set can be kind of limiting too, especially in the same way when those player slots can be used for things that happen at the end of the season, September call-ups, guys who uh, just make a crazy postseason run. Uh, So it basically just gives the development team more flexibility to spread all sorts of cards across all sets. And then we're not completely ignoring those things that would traditionally make the all-star game set or the generation set more fun because there will be um, kind of subsets of player inserts in those sets. Uh, and those will be developed more as we get closer to those set releases. But those will, you know, make sure that we're still getting those local legends you know we'll get those indians legends for uh for for the cleveland all-star game and we'll get uh you know generational players and uh you know we'll make sure that there's still those 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 hype guys that that still make it out there so that everyone's happy when you talk about those those special theme subsets are we still going to see uh, like all-star game cards with a different colorway and generations cards with a different colorway, or is it just going to keep the same look, but just introduce like broaden the, uh, the scope of what players can be used. The goal is definitely to make it exciting and, and make it fresh when we have those, those subsets and those inserts because hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cars that all look the same uh, just gets kind of monotonous and the variants help you know, break that up a bit. But I mean, the generations design was really, really good. And um, it would be a shame not to use that. And, you know, the Indians 
you know, theme should be fun for the all-star game set. So the, the goal is definitely to differentiate those from the base set design. We've talked okay. about the, the full sets and the booster packs a little bit, but one really cool aspect of clutch is you don't have to get a full set and you don't have to get a booster set or individual packs. A very good and very cool option are the starter decks where you basically get enough cards to have a team and each starter set has a different theme. So walk us through that for this year. Yeah, so one of the most exciting things outside of the full set and the booster set that there is to buy are the starter decks. And the starter decks are how I got into the game. And I know a lot of people do. It's a great way to try it out. And um, I remember I got my, my first one and then my second one and my third one. And by then I was all in, complete set. But uh, in the past, there has usually been three of the starter decks. And this year there are four. Um, so it kind of took the same concept from last season where there were three kind of uh, uh, archetype decks and split that into four. So I think the four teams this year are based around speed, defense, pitching, and hitting. I think you got the speedsters, the sluggers, the flamethrowers, and uh, maybe it's the defenders. I haven't looked at the, the final results yet. They're really fun. And uh, Sean, one of the co-creators, he went to great pains to balance out each of the teams. If I recall correctly, every single team has at least one player from 25 different teams. I think that there are no like same team wow. overlaps in any of them. That's impressive. And they all came in under the $6,000 cap. And they all come with three stadiums that tie into their kind of strategy. I think it's one uncommon and two common stadiums per deck. And then a rare strategy card, seven, I think, uh, uncommon strategy cards, and 14 commons. I think it's a 22-card strategy deck comes with each one of them. And if you get all four, there's very little overlap on the strategy cards, too. So you kind of get play sets where you get two of some of the commons and uncommons uh, to help flesh out your strategy card decks. And then both teams, or all four teams, sorry, come with, I believe, two rare players, six uncommon players, and 17 common players. So there's a pretty cool breakdown there. Uh, a couple of rares in each one and a rare strategy. And uh, they all have a really cool theme, so... I'm excited about those because uh, they pair really well with just some booster packs. Um, you know, I won't I won't get too far ahead of myself, but like we've been playing around with some new formats that use the decks, and uh, those are fun too. Let's bring some spice to the podcast. We like to drop some uh, breaking news nuggets. And, bum, bum, uh, bum. Yeah, and I think he got a little something something up our sleeve for us. And, Clutch uh, baseball breaking news. Yeah, you got uh, Jeff Passan on the line to. Uh... John Heyman just tweeted breaking <laughs> news out of the Clutch baseball camp that uh, four new promo cards. So the last year, the kind of a new concept you guys um, debuted was the idea of a promo set, which um, 
were the the theme was around the 1998 um, 61 homer chase. So you had Roger Maris, Sammy Sosa, and Mark McGuire. And you basically got those when you made a purchase or, you know, things like that. And uh, you guys are doing that again this year. Uh, this year there's going to be a fourth card. And tell us what kind of the theme or idea behind them uh, is this year. Right. So this year, four instead of three. And there's a bit of a twist in the way that they're distributed. Because up front, they're sort of regional exclusives. Uh, the idea is that they're they're the closest thing we have so far to stadium exclusives. Each of the developers picked uh, a player that would probably be popular in a ballpark that they attend a few times throughout the year uh, to really try and and hype the game to you know people who enjoy the game at the source. Uh, I know myself and a couple other local managers have played games at Chase Field and it usually draws a lot of attention and it would be really cool to just hand them something and say, you know, here, take this. It's a really good thing to use in the game. And being able to hand them a card of somebody that they recognize and love is an even is an even bigger benefit. But with that in mind, everybody kind of picked somebody that they think will, you know, really sort of fire up the people that they're giving them to. So I can go ahead and tell you exactly who those are. If the world wants to know, you know what? No, I don't think. I think we can just move on. I, I, it doesn't. I mean, it just sounds kind of boring, to be honest. I don't think knowing the listeners of this show, I just don't think that's something they would want. So uh, we're gonna move on to the uh, next exciting part of. No, I'm kidding. All right, what, what, what do we got? What do we got? All right. Well, I will start with my own. Um, People who are familiar with the High Heat League from last year will recognize it as one of the prize cards, uh, but now it's being reprinted in a form that will reach more than 20 people. So that is 2001's Luis Gonzalez. Uh, he's a great hitter card, lots of power, uh, especially for a lefty outfielder, and uh, he's actually going to fit really well into the 2019 clutch set. And he is... Well, he's obviously the same. It's this. If you have the high heat card, that's what it's the same year. So his cards gonna be the same. Um, but I am looking forward to it because it'll be really cool to have the high heat card and a promo card. Like you talk about, like kind of collecting things and it being fun to collect different variants. And I think that's a really cool combo of of a high heat card and then he now has a has a promo card as well. So that that'll be really cool to see. Right. The uh, the high heat cards almost become like a retroactive one of 20 variant of the 2019 promo card. Uh, but that's the only remake. Uh, the other three are all new, uh, brand new to the game, representing the New York American League for for games up yonder uh, will be a player who's actually retiring at the end of this season. And that is the 2009 iteration of CC Sabathia. 2009 was his first year on the Yankees. He went 19 and eight, had a 3.37 ERA, pitched 230 innings in 34 games, and he had Cy, Cy Young votes and MVP votes that year. Right, and luckily he didn't win either, which means that the card is actually pretty affordable. Uh, it's the 10-year anniversary of his 2009 run with the Yankees. Uh, he had a killer postseason that year. 
And so I know Sean's really excited for this one. Really excited to, you know, give it out to some Yankee fans. Uh, the card itself is pretty interesting. It's got the wins icon, but uh, it's four command, but it's six command against lefties. Mm. Um, pretty affordable. So that one's pretty exciting. Yeah, and if you look at his baseball reference, 2009 is actually a really good year because he had a good year in 2009, and his 2008, he had a really good season as well. So it's a nice nice combo there. Definitely. Uh, the next one, from also from New York, this time the National side of things should uh should make for some some interesting games out of him uh that would be 1969's tom siever it was uh the year he won the cy young had 25 wins so i'm gonna assume he's gonna have the win icon and uh it looks like he should be a high ip guy as well he will be uh eight innings pitched actually um with six command so he's a little pricey, but honestly not too bad for what you're getting, especially with three icons, because it's uh, a promo limited edition. We decided to give him, go ahead and give him the all-star icon to help take advantage of that too. So uh, he's got three icons, six command, uh, he pitches eight innings, and uh, only one mistake roll. And um, he comes in at 630 points, which uh, which is, is, is really awesome. So That's I can see the- him... I can see him leading a lot of staffs. Yeah, because that's that's not an absurd number for a number one starting pitcher. But even even rolling like going with a pretty straightforward uh, roster um, meta, like six hundred and thirty for SP one is is a little above average, but it's not you know Greg Maddox eight hundred points. Right, and that eight innings pitch is going to be really valuable in two thousand nineteen starters based on the last couple of years in the majors just aren't going as deep. So those, those, those deep inning starters really come at a premium this year. So being able to insert some of the the promo guys who are able to stretch out games and save your bullpen, it's going to be a huge help. Last but not least, almost made it into the last limited edition set, but didn't just missed the cut because he is one of the new promo cards from the 1957 season. He is hammer and Hank Aaron. So 57, got the MVP icon. He hit uh, 44 homers, 132 RBIs. So probably the RBI icon as well. Mm-hmm. Batted 322, couple of triples, almost 200 hits. He's definitely got a hitter-friendly chart. Um, he does have MVP. He has the home run icon. He has the RBI icon. He has the new runs icon, and he's got the all-star icon. He's got positive clutch, uh, 12 speed. He can play anywhere in the outfield with uh, four defense. So he's really versatile. And homers on a 19, doubles on a 17. He's going to be great. Yeah, it's a, a very a very balanced card when it comes to hitters' charts. It kind of has a uh, 2017 vibe to it. It does. The the on-base doesn't blow you away like some of the, the 61 promo cards do, but I think we saw with them that on-base isn't always a guarantee because even if you get the advantage every time, you got to have the hitter's chart to really uh, to make the most of it. And these guys, they have the hitter's charts. So this year obviously was a big year when it comes to uh, different card types, different designs, uh, collectability of cards. But for me, I think the coolest aspect of this year was the growth of the game. And with that, 
came about more opportunities to play against people whether it was in person tournaments online leagues or online tournaments so walk us through what we have to look forward to next year and how you guys are planning to grow that even more next year well like you said it's one of the most exciting things to see grow the the, the player base continues to grow and more players means more opponents so we want to help everyone utilize that and get people together online in person any way we can and just make the game more fun for them and give them more opportunities to play it you know obviously we have our we have our online leagues we're doing our first online tournament currently as we record this we're doing the generations tournament which is going really really well so we definitely want to expand the online play and we want to expand and uh host some more of those online tournaments uh, they may have different sets different themes to them but those are a really fun concise way to get people together online and um, play you know a few games or a lot of games if you go far and just enjoy what you're doing enjoy the game get the most out of the cards that you're buying or trading for or you know, picking up at a ballpark and not just online, but in person, we really want to expand the opportunities there. Uh, we're looking into a lot of ways to do that. Uh, there's a lot of ideas floating around, but whether it's on our end in terms of like uh, coordinating regional meetups and tournaments, um, there's definitely some clutch hotspots that have been identified in certain parts of the country and being able to develop the player base in those those kind of hot spots with um, with in-person regional events would be really helpful and um, we would be able to bring in new players give existing players more ways to play and uh, then kind of coordinate all of that uh, remotely but then you know offer like prize support and uh, all sorts of goodies for people who can host them and and put them together and unofficially on our end at least, uh, providing players with the tools to host their own in-person leagues and events. Um, it's not really easy to snap your finger and say, hey, friends, we're gonna get together once a week and here's the, here's the guidelines, here's the rule book, here's what we're doing. So being able to give that and in sort of a kit to uh, players who are interested in hosting something like that should be really beneficial to them to say like, okay, here's the, here's the, here's the format, here's the rules. Um, here's a flexible variety of ways we can get together and, uh, and play a few games here and there, and then have that kind of continue in an in-person league, the same way some of our online leagues do, because some of our, our favorite clutch stories come from people who get together every single week and, and crazy things happen and there's all these situations and they're excited about new teams and, and new builds that they've put together. And that's really what the game's all about is, um, is getting together, whether it's online or in person uh, with people who like the things you do and they like baseball and they like clutch and bouncing ideas off of each other and, and watching other people play or playing yourself. It's, it's all, it can all be very exciting. So more opportunities to do that uh, are definitely something we're aiming for throughout the year and by the end of the year we want to have a lot of new systems in place 
for allowing that to happen. So one of the fun things we've done a couple times this last year was we did some unique uh, leagues, mini leagues with some, uh, I guess you'd call them house rules. So for example, one league we did, it was called the Salty League. And we basically did a two round draft where we drafted a stadium and, and a player. And the one player we drafted essentially acted as the captain of the team and his salary did not count towards the uh to towards the the salary cap so you basically got one player for free so that's a that's actually called the franchise player rule Ooh! i will not tell you where uh the salty of salty league got the idea for the draft and franchise Mm, player i wonder i wonder i don't don't know if i could yeah that's a it's a mystery we'll never know we will never know how how are those type of leagues going to factor into this coming year well, we're always looking for like new kind of twists and all ball formats and ways to make the existing game more fun without having to introduce anything crazy. Um, the The online generation tournament right now has a bit of a, a modified roster format that uh, has been really fun to see managers build around. And just little changes like that can bring a, a fresh take to the game, especially after months and months of the the same regular matchups with the same players um, because exciting things can happen in the game, but there are exciting ways to change the game itself. And one of the most exciting things in other games is kind of a limited format, like a, a draft type format where you get booster packs, you build a team, you kind of play with those. And that's something that we really want to move in the direction of this year in terms of introducing that format and um, introducing products to help support that because um, that is something that a lot of players have asked for. And a lot of players have kind of come up with their own kind of homebrew rules for doing so. But um, we want to hammer out and establish here's what you do, here's what you need to do it, here's the team you need to build, here's the format. And obviously people are free to do whatever they want, but this at least gives something to the people that they can just they can just buy and have shipped to them. It's all set up for you. Just get some friends, open some packs, build a team, collect some variants while you're there, and uh, and have some fun. I think that's going to be one of the more exciting things by the end of this year to come out of this year because uh, that, that format is just, it's different every single time. And it's so exciting to see what different managers do in that situation. Because it's not just, here's every single card, show us what you can do. It's, here's a very limited card pool, make the most of it. And I think that that really really tests the mettle of some of our managers. Yeah, and it's a good uh, brain teaser too. At least for me anyways, building something like the Generations or doing that Salty League with the franchise player. It really is way different than building like a traditional 6k team and it kind of gets your brain working in different ways so it's it might on the surface it might seem kind of superficial but they're actually a lot of fun to to do because it's it's just so different and you can you can get really creative with some of the rules um while still keeping the basic function of clutch there and like it's still baseball 
th- those are always fun, and I'm I'm looking forward to more of those next year. That's definitely going to be uh, an exciting twist on things, and uh, it's one of my favorite ways to play. So I'm really excited to get some friends together and and you know get a draft kit and um, just see what happens. We've been talking about all sorts of big changes that are going to happen this coming year, and they're all fun and exciting and awesome. But in my opinion, kind of the biggest change and the biggest, I think, step forward in terms of how Clutch is played is going to be actually your role uh, as a community director and kind of how you help shape and nudge Clutch in the right direction. So talk us through kind of some of the big things you are looking to do this year and how that'll make our clutch experience better. Well, I think that the most beneficial thing that I can be for the game is uh, a champion of the player and kind of a liaison between the people playing it and the people designing it because there has to be that balance. And the more of that communication there is, the better the game will be and the more it will continue to grow in the right directions. So first and foremost, uh, it's it's kind of that that bridge between what is a very passionate fan base and uh, and the the brains behind where it goes in the future and um, helping make sure this the two are aligned and that the people are getting what they want. Beyond that, uh, you know, obviously just kind of being a brand ambassador, like just hyping up the new things and um, handing out baseball cards at ballparks. Uh, that part's really fun. And then there's also kind of player support which uh, can be a bit more tedious, but is very important. One of the things about a game like this is there are so many intricacies. There are so many cards that interact in so many different ways that you sometimes just need to be able to call on someone and figure out what the heck you're doing or what the heck you do in a situation that you found yourself in that may not have an easy answer. So not only helping to coordinate some of the, the online resources for a lot of those questions that have already been answered, but uh, you know, reviewing everything as it comes out, trying to get a lead on where uh, possible questions might arise and, and solving those before they even hit the eyes of the managers who would run into those problems. Collecting all of that information, making it easily available online and referencing every card everywhere we can with as many frequently asked questions or rulings or uh, errata and just making that one easily available resource so that you're not digging through forums and subreddits and rule books in the hopes that somebody has run into this before and something has been decided and published which has been a pain point in the past and it's a pain point that i've run into and it's a pain point that i'd really like to help solve because it gets to be a problem so that's a problem that we're going to solve. Beyond that, making myself personally available, whether it's online or on social media, there are a number of ways to get a hold of me. My Twitter account is at James from Clutch, and anything you send me will usually get an answer pretty quickly. If if you're not on the Slack, then that's probably the best way to to get a hold of me quickly. Um, or you can send us a, an Instagram message or a Facebook message or a Snapchat message. Any of these are going to go to the right people. And all of the developers, myself especially, 
want to be more available to managers all over the place who might just have any question, whether it's something simple or something outrageous that we've absolutely never run into before, we're going to make sure you get the answers. I even set up a clutch hotline. It's it's 628-CLUTCH1 is the phone number. That's 628-258-8241. 628-258-8241. If you send a text to that number, it's going to go right to my phone. And you're going to get an answer about the game. Now I'm going to block you if you, you know, start really, really bugging me. But I'm right, ig- Ignore uh, that last message I sent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's just, it's it's about being available as often as we can to help the people playing the game play it uh, efficiently and effectively and to have as much fun as they can playing it. And uh, we want to eliminate all the frustrating wrinkles that, that, I mean, you and I know you run into it just, it can't be avoided sometimes. And um, yeah. And I, and I think it's a good step where going forward, we are going to eliminate some of those sometimes to where those sometimes become fewer and fewer and far between because there's a lot of easy things that it's just a matter of you know just writing it down in one central location like uh, on the slack we have a a rulings channel and i would say 95 percent of the time when the question gets asked there it gets answered by not even you or any of the other developers but it gets answered by any of the other managers on there in a unanimous fashion where everybody's like yes this is how it's done Every once in a while, there's the other Matt who likes to find loopholes and jackhammer through them that cause interesting um, rulings and issues with card combos. And, and those are fine to discuss and decide on. But I think the biggest thing will be having those all in one place to where instead of having to ask the same, everybody ask the same question six times, you can just go and look and say, oh, okay, it's, this is the answer to that question. Yeah, and honestly, obviously those can be frustrating sometimes, those loopholes and, and those discussions, but those are also some of the best thing to have because you want those eyes that are seeking out those loopholes because then we get to close them. And players who don't have access to you know, the most experienced managers and the developers of the game day-to-day can get those same answers without... 185 messages of back and forth about the timing of a specific strategy card. So, you know, like you said, being able to collect all that and make it an easily available resource uh, will be a huge benefit to the kids who are just picking up a starter deck and playing at their table. All right. That's more or less the big bullet points from the blog post. There's obviously more info and more specific details on some of the things we talked about. So if you go on to clutchmoment.com slash blog, you can check out the the entire post. There are a couple more teaser photos. And um, like I said, a lot of the stuff we talked about is expanded upon in more detail detail there. Before we wrap up, we have three questions uh, that were sent in. So we'll have uh, you answer those for us. The first question comes from Brian the manager of the Virginia Neptunes. Hey, I was wondering what sort of community events, both online and in person, y'all were planning for 2019 as a whole. Thanks. 
like we talked about earlier, like we want to encourage regional events. We want to encourage in-person events, whether it's us hosting them, whether it's uh, experienced managers hosting them. And we want to give the the resources and, you know, like fun prizes and stuff, like incentives to people who are willing to take the time and, and put something like that together. I don't know that we finalized any uh, official tournament plans for an in-person tournament or, or travel plans for going to various places ourselves. But I know that the intent is to pop around a bit and, and make sure that the, the in-person experience is getting as much focus as, you know, like the online experience and the product uh, itself is getting. I would, I would assume that at the very least, it'll be similar into the quantity of both online and in-person as last year, but perhaps um, they may be in a different location and they may be slightly different formats than we saw this year. Correct? Yeah, I would say that's a, that's a pretty safe bet. We definitely we want to do that ourselves. We want to reach out and try and find some of those regional coordinators, and we want to make sure that there, at a very minimum, are not less opportunities to play in person and online. I think that the uh, the drive for expansion is there, and uh, I think that with the, the development team in place the way it is now, I think that the uh, the resources are there too. So I'm excited to see how that pans out. To anyone out there listening who is interested in checking out online play, whether it's uh, a tournament or the league or just popping onto the Slack to hear the channels we're talking about or watch some of the more experienced managers play games, there's a link to a survey in the big clutch blog that got posted to fill out a survey. It kind of just gives us your information and and helps us get you uh, into the fold there so that when those opportunities arise, we, we know you've already got your hand raised and uh, we can call on you to uh, to come check it out. So that's definitely a great way to get your foot in the door and get a head start on uh, future play. Feel, have fun digging through the 3500 word blog to find that link. Our next question is this. Hello, this is Ryan M., the manager of the Michigan Bombers. My Ryan. question for James is this. Are there any rule changes coming in 2019 that will likely have a significant impact on gameplay? Thank you. I don't know that there are significant changes coming in 2019 that will have a major impact on the way the game is played. Outside of the things we've already discussed, like the relievers and closers becoming one position, uh, I think that was definitely the biggest rule change this year. There will be some twisty-type rules introduced for new formats, but those obviously aren't part of the base game. However, with an eye on the future... We definitely want to continue to nudge the game in the right direction to make it reflect the real-life game of baseball as much as we can. And there are certainly things in the pipeline that would help do that. They will definitely need a lot of playtesting. And one of the interesting possibilities that's been discussed is using the official online league as sort of a, a beta test zone for some of those rules that could be in the pipeline for say the the 2020 base set which i think is really going to be the culmination of three years worth of learning on our end but getting to that point there's still a lot of things to do and um, whether it's uh throwing in the need for a backup catcher or adjusting the way that the tiredness rule works from game to game so that it's not 
as formulaic. There are things going around that, that could eventually become rules changes, but not only do we want to play test them, we want to make sure managers have as much of a lead on that as they can. And announcing that uh, about a week before pre-orders begin on the 2019 base set would be pretty spicy. But there are definitely things floating around and uh, we could see playtesting for them begin as soon as the gap between series one and series two this year. And our final question is from Navar, the manager of the Seattle Melonheads. Who is the one manager that you'd be scared to face based on name alone? Now, this is an interesting question because I think the actual interpretation of his question is clutch based. However, he was not specific, so you could take it uh, figuratively and say uh, physically or name-wise what is scary. And I may need to plead the fifth on this one. That's so vague. Like, I would not want to face Navarre in Putt-Putt, for example. That's I can attest to that. I, so I made that mistake. I, I've, I've, per, I've heard he's pretty lethal on the mini-greens. Is that what you call them? Mini-greens? <laughs> that's what I call them. So that's what they're called now. Uh, or maybe it just means, you know, which manager's name sounds the most intimidating? Like, uh, man, some of those, some of those names are, you know, Brendan Maxson. Like, okay, that guy, he sounds pretty tough. Like, also, he's you know, I think currently the third ranked player, so he would be tough to play in the game too. <laughs> I think the previous caller, Ryan M, manager of the Michigan Bombers, is. Uh, is one of those names where every time I see it pop up, I'm like, oh man, I'm in for a battle. And as we talked about with the with the World Series going the way it did, I'm sure there are going to be a number of opportunities for those those head-to-head matches in the future. And I'm excited and scared for every one of them. One of the cool things about the league going the way it does is like you almost form feuds, rivalries, especially when some of the same teams are paired together the same way over a number of seasons. For example you yeah uh, we got a we got a nice uh, kind of west coast west some west coast flavor out here between you me uh, and navarre we're all been around for quite a while if not from the beginning uh, and then we also have salty coming in the mix too recently and um, even more recently we got cactus worms so yeah i think my answer to this i mean navarre is a little lower on the manager rankings but in terms of a a strat deck I wouldn't want to face. I would say he's number one on the list of like, I'm just going to get shredded by the strat deck this game. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you the only reason he's so low is because he throws everything he can at the wall to see what sticks. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't, but when it does, it really does. Yeah. And he's got the quantity, which I think kind of offsets the quality. It doesn't really reflect it properly, but I mean, he's, he's one of the best. But then, yeah, of course, you, we've had several good battles recently. And then also the uh, the Albert brothers are uh, pretty lethal as well. Yeah, both of them. Especially I, one year I had to play them back-to-back, and it was just, wow, they're good. They're really, they really have a great mind for the game. And uh, they've, always, they've always been some of the most challenging on, on rules questions, and um, they really are great at picking apart a strategy deck, uh, a lineup, a stadium, 
and knowing not only everything that can be done at that stadium, but everything that can be done to counteract what they think the best team at that stadium might be. So they always come into every single game prepared, which is really awesome to see. I think it's led to a lot of their success. They both have both won an in-person tournament, I believe, which does not surprise me because in a, a contained format like that, your biggest power is knowing the game state, knowing everything in the game, knowing what anyone can do at any given time. And I think they're really, really good at that. And it shows. Thanks for joining us. Again, you can go check out more information, uh, clutchmoments.com slash blog. And it is the, uh, the top one up there right now. Tons of interesting information. There's even two new. You can see Philippe Vasquez's card and Francisco Lindor's card. Philippe has the K icon. Lindor has the run icon. Uh, and there's also a bunch of other good, interesting info on there as well. If you want to submit a question for future episodes, you can call in and leave a message at 619-431-0843. We've kind of been on this run of kind of specific topic-based podcasts where we haven't been talking as much about cards or strategies or roster building ideas. Uh, We are going to get back into that. Next episode is actually going to be an interview I have already done with Ryan manager of the Michigan bombers. So that's coming up next. After that, I was talking to Sean who uh, is one of the co-creators of clutch. Uh, He's been producing a bunch of content content with James on all the different social medias. It's looking like we're going to have a podcast with him coming up in the near future. So if you have questions for him, feel free to leave those. If you have general uh, roster or strat questions, leave those as well. It's still, we're still in 2018 season, so I still want to talk about 2018 cards. I feel like there's plenty to talk about, um, especially when it comes to strategy cards, because we didn't mention this, but they are going to live on. So once 2019 comes out, you can still use 2018 and 2017 cards. So please leave a message, uh, leave a question. I just ask that you introduce yourself in your message, ask your question, and uh, we'll be sure to answer those in future episodes. James, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. And again, pre-orders open March 1st. The 30 for 30 series starts actually probably by the time you're hearing this. And uh, we're really excited to bring 2019 Clutch to you guys and uh, to the people, to the managers. And we're excited to see what everyone does with it. Thanks for listening, guys.